OWS fam, what's going on? Hilo again, bringing you another divisional breakdown. What to expect moving forward slash what has changed this off season. We are going to tackle the AFC North in this recording. Again, I'm almost through uh, writing up this entirety or the entirety of this uh, for all 32 NFL teams. Uh, almost 10,000 words. Uh, so if you're looking for all this information in written form, that should be posted to the site uh, here shortly um, before I can jump into the edge write-ups, which I am absolutely stoked about. All right, let's dig into it. Starting with the Ravens, obviously they lost J.K. Dobbins for the season, a dynamic running back who basically can do it all, is going to be replaced by a more straight line, straightforward rusher in Gus Edwards. The shift in that running back is likely to lead to increased design runs for Lamar Jackson. At least that's how I see this situation playing out. The team added wide receivers Sammy Watkins in free agency. They added Rashad Bateman in the draft to join a fairly young wide receiver room. Patrick Ricard is probably regarded as the top fullback in the league who remains on the roster as well. They obviously have Mark Andrews and tight end Nick Boyle. Um, they're look for them to really capitalize on a high tight end target rate again this season. The tight ends in this offense were targeted at the fifth highest rate in 2020 at 27.8%. That being said, we obviously know how this offense is built, how they would like to run their offense. This is a high rush rate offense. They led the league in rush attempts per game in 2020. Uh, so volume is going to be an issue for these pass catchers uh, week in and week out. The offense also targeted running backs at the seventh lowest rate in 2020 at only 15.8%. And they just lost their most dynamic and most capable pass catcher out of the backfield in J.K. Dobbins. So look for that again to remain quite low this season. Running backs Justice Hill and Tyson Williams um, appear headed for complementary duties behind uh, Gus Edwards. Um, after Baltimore failed to add any further depth at the running back position post-roster cutdowns. Big news for this defense, Brandon Williams, nose tackle Brandon Williams and defensive tackle Calais Campbell are healthy entering the season. These dudes are key cogs to how this defense wants to operate. So Baltimore is top of the league versus the run when both of these guys are healthy, primarily nose tackle Brandon Williams, who is the top nose tackle and run stopper in the game. So he was in and out of the lineup uh, for the majority of last season. We were targeting this team with running backs when he was out um, because the delta in their rushing allowed was literally tops of the league. They went from the top run defense in the league with Brandon Williams healthy uh, down to the bottom half of the league win him out of the lineup. So Calais Campbell, more of a pass rusher, but again, um, he is a guy that is able to generate his own pressure in the backfield. We know how much uh, Baltimore likes to blitz, uh, so look for a healthy Calais Campbell to be a difference maker this year again. 
On the backside of this defense, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, probably the top, if not if not top, top two cornerback uh, duos in the league. They mix and match how they use these two players, primarily playing zone. They will shadow Marcus Peters on the outside. They will shadow Marlon Humphrey um, on the inside. And it all depends on how they see best to exploit matchups uh, with that defense, but highly flexible and highly skilled tandem there. Based on kind of what we've already talked about, the this defense is most vulnerable over the intermediate mid, middle of the field. Um, but that being said, they are not a defense to target if they remain healthy. Little theory here, Mark Andrews is typically over-owned and overpriced relative to his standard range of outcomes. This is a guy who is not going to see large weekly volume, uh, and he kind of makes his money on efficiency. So when you get a player like that um, who traditionally carries higher ownership, I'm almost always looking to game theory as my decision uh, matrix there and really not landing on Mark Andrews much in a DFS scene. All right, from the Ravens now to the Bengals. The Bengals and their offseason moves. This should be a study for the next five years on how this team handled their offseason. Obviously, with that first round selection of a wide receiver, Jamar Chase, when they had glaring issues on the offensive line protecting their now second year quarterback, They did spend second, fourth, and sixth round picks on the offensive line. They added a new offensive line and defensive line coach in Frank Pollock on the offensive side and Marion Hobby on the defensive side. Corner Trey Waynes is expected to miss the first month of the season. That's going to leave recent additions Chidobe Awuzie, um, who was graded at a 52.0 overall by PFF in 2020, and Eli Apple, who played only two games um, and had zero passes defended in 2020 to start the year at corner. Eli Apple had an extremely promising start to his career, but fell off towards the tail end of his time in New Orleans. Um, and these guys are going to be corners to attack to start the season. Corner William Jackson, uh, the secondary's top-rated player, left for Washington this offseason. So now looking at Lou Anarumo's defensive scheme. He runs a man-heavy defensive scheme, uh, which also struggled to get to the quarterback in 2020. So when you are not creating pressure in the backfield on the quarterback and you're running a man-heavy scheme, obviously that's just allowing additional time for those wide receivers to shake open. And they struggled against the pass because of it in 2020. And I expect that to remain fairly consistent moving forward. If Chidobe Awuze and Eli Apple are left in man coverage uh, to start the season, they I expect them to get absolutely eaten up. So I'll be targeting this team with pass catchers to start the year. Uh, and that will be a little bit less uh, sneaky or under the radar than uh, other spots I'll be looking to attack. But this one is just so glaringly obvious that I have no problem taking wide receivers against this team at ownership. Cincinnati, now over to the offensive side, they ran 11 personnel, a league high 76% of the time in 2020. Based on what they did in the offseason, spending that high draft capital on Jamar Chase, I expect that trend to continue. The Bengals brought in tackle Riley Reef, who uh, brought him in through free agency. They drafted second-round rookie Jackson Carmen. 
They drafted fourth-round rookie tackle Deontay Smith, and they drafted sixth-round rookie center Trey Hill to help that dreadful offensive line. Even with that said, PFF grades this unit as the 25th-ranked offensive line heading into 2021. Overall, this offense or this team played at the 16th-ranked situational neutral pace of play in 2020 at 30.31 seconds per play. So not really pushing the pace. That additional volume that we saw last season was primarily based on their defense struggling so much. Big picture, what to expect from Cincinnati. In order for this offense to have any real semblance of success this season, they're going to need to improve on their 27th ranked drive success rate from 2020. Obviously, with you know, getting a little healthier, particularly with their quarterback position, um, look for them to try and improve on that drive success rate this season. We didn't talk about Joe Mixon, but there's not really much to say or changes with regard to Joe Mixon. They're going to be looking to utilize him uh, in a workhorse role. He's going to be one of the true, maybe one of the three or four true workhorse running backs in the NFL. You've got CMC, you've got Dalvin Cook, you've got Joe Mixon, um, and that is pretty actually uh, out of Pittsburgh also. Uh, so really four true workhorse running backs this season, uh, and he is one of them. That'll do it for what to expect from the Bengals. We'll jump over to the Browns. The Browns return all five starters from their offensive line. Last season, they ranked first in pass blocking and second in run blocking. Uh, by PFF. So returning all five of those starters is uh, obviously the strength of this team. They had the fourth highest situational neutral rush rate in 2020. Look for that to uh, continue here. And we'll talk about a little bit of the shortcomings, actually, of this offense here shortly. Nick Chubb, his snap rate was managed more last season than we've seen in previous years. He averaged just 51.6% snap rate in the eight weeks post coming back from injury. In those weeks, he averaged 18.5 running back opportunities defined as rushes plus targets. Overall, Cleveland averaged 30.4 rush attempts per game in 2020, which was fifth most in the league. And it's likely that we see these two trends continue into 2021, both with Chubb's uh, snap rate as well as the increased rush attempts. That means we're likely to see another 14 to 16 weekly running back opportunities for backup running back slash change of pace slash actually good running back Kareem Hunt. Uh, with Nick Chubb, typically a typical standard range of outcomes in that 18 to 20 running back opportunity range. Cleveland attempted the fifth fewest pass attempts per game in 2020 at 31.8. Looking at these wide receivers, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. are being utilized poorly based on their skill set. Jarvis Landry ran primarily outs crosses, slants, and hooks in 2020, which are low upside yard after the catch routes, primarily the hooks and the outs. The crosses and the slants uh, can open up that space for him to get some yards after the catch, but it depends on how the rest of the wide receivers and the tight ends are moving on the field uh, to open up space for him, which is not being done properly in this offense. 
Odell Beckham Jr. ran primarily slants, goes, posts, and comebacks in 2020. Again, low upside routes out of these wide receivers. So the big picture here is the dynamic and playmaking abilities of these wide receivers is not being fully utilized. The Browns were also at their best when they had their best playmakers on the field. That makes sense, right? Which was clearly in 21 personnel. So keeping both Hunt and Chubb on the field. Going through this team, I thought I would find at least 20% 21 personnel. This team ran 5% 21 personnel over the second half of the season. And that is just egregious error to me. This team could create mismatches on all three levels of the field with the threat of Chubb rushing, Hunt out of the backfield, Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. running mismatched and intertwined routes as opposed to low upside routes, but they're just not. Now, it, re- it remains to be seen how they adapt in the second year under offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, but um, f- from what we saw last year, it, a very, very low upside creating offense. For comparison's sake there, as far as personnel goes, the team ran four times as much 12 personnel, so two tight ends on the field, as they did 21 personnel. And then we talked about only 5% in 21 personnel after or over the second half of the season. They were, however, the league's sixth most efficient offense. Obviously, that is entirely built around that offensive line and who could be the most pure or the best pure rusher in the league in Nick Chubb. They play at a middling pace, 21st ranked 30.61 seconds per play. Defensive coordinator Joe Woods enters his second season as the defensive coordinator in Cleveland. Last season, this team struggled with injuries in the secondary, losing a combined 45.8 games to injury just in the secondary alone. Woods' system, he he likes to utilize a very conservative 4-2-5 base, cover three. So four defensive linemen, two linebackers on the field, and then um, two corners with a cover three zone defensive scheme. It's very much of the bend but don't break mantra. And what he looks to do is allow the talent that he has up front on that defensive line to create organic pressure. Cleveland ranked in the top half of the league in yards allowed per rush attempt, but bottom half of the league in yards allowed per completion. And a lot of that was due to the injuries that they had in the secondary. So look for this defense to take a slight step forward. Uh, Look for them to be very conservative, allow plays to develop underneath and keep uh, opposing offenses from creating splash plays. And finally, we'll finish up this division with the Steelers. They promoted Matt Canada from quarterback's coach to offensive coordinator. They lost three prime members of the offensive line in Alejandro Villanueva, Matt Feeler, and Marquise Pouncey. Obviously, these are aging players, uh, which we saw a pretty steep drop-off in their performance last season as well. They lost James Conner to free agency. They lost corner Mike Hinton or Hilton. Off outside linebacker Bud Dupree on the defensive side of the ball. 
Interesting case, nose tackle Tyson Alualu initially agreed to terms with Jacksonville, but ultimately returned to the team uh, as the team's primary run stopper. They obviously added running back Najee Harris in the 2021 draft. Um, he, as we alluded to earlier, is going to be one of the four-ish workhorse running backs in the NFL. Last year's struggles along the offensive line were primarily due to aging players like we talked about, but while they are much younger now, PFF still has this unit ranked 31st in the league uh, in overall offensive line grade entering the season. Watching Najee Harris play uh, gives me some flashbacks to legacy Le'Veon Bell, um, and we can also kind of take a glimpse of how we expect him to be used when projecting his expected workload this year. Um, could be a situation to capitalize early in the year where the field is slow to pick up on just how much Najee Harris is expected to touch football. I'd expect this offense to be a bit more dynamic with the change at offensive coordinator, but Ben Roethlisberger's kind of decrepit and aging arm strength will hold it back. Obviously, we saw a very pass-heavy offense last season with the struggles on along the offensive line, but the average intended air yards and average depth of target for the wide receivers was shallowest in the league. If you haven't yet, go check out clips of Ben Roethlisberger attempting to throw deep in the preseason, uh, and that'll give you a solid laugh because it was pathetic. They also drafted rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth in the second round um, and then used third and fourth round picks on the offensive line with center Kendrick Green and tackle Dan Moore Jr. In 2020, they targeted wide receivers a whopping 70.4% of the time. I look for that to remain relatively consistent moving forward. It's likely going to take a slight dip now with Najee Harris there, who is an all-around back, and I look for him to see numerous targets out of the backfield. Along those lines, they targeted running backs a lowly 12.4% of the time in 2020, which was the lowest in the league. And like we talked about, I, I expect that trend to reverse heading into 2021 and revert to some legacy Steeler concepts there. So looking at this offense as a whole, Deontay Johnson is the leader amongst the wide receivers and the pass catchers overall. Uh, they have dynamic playmaker Chase Claybull, uh, who will pretty much own the outside. Deontay Johnson is going to see a majority of his, his snaps from the slot, um, but I expect him to move to the outside when this team is not in 11 personnel, so when they don't have a, three wide receivers on the field, and I expect, expect that to be at the expense of Juju Smith-Schuster, who has really, at this point in his career, he signed a very team-friendly deal to come back on a one-year contract, uh, and he's basically been relegated to a tertiary option in the passing game. Majority of his routes are crossing routes, low upside routes, routes where he's not able to do much after the catch. Stark contrast to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, who are running routes that create that are able to create space as well as they're intertwined to be able to, uh, to organically create space for them to do damage with the ball in their hands. 
This offense played at the sixth fastest situation neutral pace of play in 2020 at 29.24 seconds per play. I look for that to continue again this year as they look to keep pressure on opposing defenses. And that's kind of been a calling card for Pittsburgh um, for as long as Mike Tomlin has been there. Also, new offensive coordinator Matt Canada prefers to play with pace. Um, So we could see this team even up that pace of play moving into 2021. I expect a more simplified offense that utilizes pistol base and power inside zone and pin and pull rushes. That is, I think, the best, I guess in my opinion, that is the best uh, compromise for an aging Ben Roethlisberger who wants to be in the gun. Uh, So pistol, obviously, he's a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, but that really allows the run game to not be as predictable uh, when you compare it to a pure gun style formation. An offense built out of pistol allows you to get those uh, power runs, obviously up the middle, allows you to get those inside zone concepts because it gives you time for the uh, offensive line to create those gaps. And it also gives you that time for pin and pulls to develop. So um, I expect them to be a little bit more dynamic, mixing in, or I guess making up for the lack of talent along the offensive line with this new offensive scheme. This also allows the Steelers more opportunity to incorporate play action, which is a pretty significant boost to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. I'd expect more layered depth to the routes that these wide receivers are running as well. Um, with crossing concepts mixed mixed with those intertwined routes, which should boost the overall efficiency of of this offense overall. Big picture here, I expect this offense to actually look a great deal different than it did in 2020. Although it is going to be a more simplified offense, it's going to be more dynamic with respect to how the talent is being utilized. Um, So look for the Steelers to improve on their 25th ranked drive success rate from 2020. All right, that is going to do it short and sweet for the AFC North. Uh, I'm going to roll straight into uh, the next division that we're going to cover, uh, which is going to be, I guess it doesn't matter because these are coming out sporadically, but anyway, I'll be back here shortly. See you.